podcast, a fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I'm Claire. <laughs> I'm Tammy. <laughs> Will. Sorry, I did say I'm not sure then that I was Claire. I almost said that I was Tammy, but... <laughs> and this week Will will be Tammy, Tammy will be Claire, and Claire will be Will. So I have to talk very deep like Will. With my sultry tones. <laughs> um, yes, we are back after a week's break. Sorry about that, everyone. It's because I was moving house. Um, so unfortunately, yes, I was moving house and uh, had to take a week off, a rare week off from Defenders. I apologise to everyone. But my co-hosts are so wonderful and angelic that they let me do it. Oh, angelic even <laughs> well we were talking about angels earlier this yeah. evening tammy and i said that you're my little angel so you know it's true it's true exactly will you're also my little angel yeah you can be an angel too will <laughs> claire claire's just giving it out left and right this angel title <laughs> oh, yeah everyone can be an angel. be an angel do you have an angel <laughs> inside you listeners i'm sure you do <laughs> so anyway well very creepy so anyway uh we were supposed to have a special guest this week but unfortunately this special guest has maybe been taken out by bushmaster uh, oh, maybe uh, he had yeah. maybe had his head chopped off and sent to shades maybe oh. what else uh, i don't know or just got creeped on by shades maybe even creeped on by shades which everyone is and it was a, that was amazing maybe he's <laughs> hanging out at gwen's for the best curried goat in uh all oh, of New yeah. York? Hmm? Maybe. Who knows? If you're out there, guest, you know who you are. Where are you? You know who you are, but you don't know where you are. <laughs> <laughs> Reese will be playing the part of our special guest. <laughs> cool. But yes, any any trivia you have, Reese, I'll ask it uh, I'll ask you for it later. Please tell us. All your fun facts. <laughs> so I have some news, but before I do the news, I want to do a quick reminder. For any new listeners, I forgot to do this last episode, because I thought maybe we have some new listeners um, who haven't listened to us before. So just to reiterate, this is an intro cast for Luke Cage Season 2, and um, as an intro cast, what that means is that I have seen the entire show when we start recording. I watched all 13 episodes on the day of release, but my lovely, lovely angelic co-hosts Will and Tammy have not, and they watch two episodes a week, and we talk about it. So please, no spoilers for future episodes, lest you should spoil Tammy and Will. Yeah. And we don't want that. Nope. Not at all. Absolutely not. So Sometimes the credits will spoil things. I need to stop watching those <laughs> credits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what got spoiled this time then? Did anything? I uh, saw Jessica um, in the credits when I didn't realize she was going to be in this episode, and... Obviously, yeah, not Jessica Jones, you mean? You mean uh, no, Colleen? Jessica Hinn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would love if Jessica Jones' name shows up as the <laughs> Jessica Jones as Jessica Jones. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, yeah, do you guys want the most exciting bit of news, first of all? Sure. Sure. Not only have I moved house, but I also bought the limited edition Captain Marvel vans. Uh, trainers and they're amazing and I love them nice. and I have to post a photo they're yeah, pretty cool please. I was walking around um, wearing those and wearing uh, red white and blue uh, or blue and red sorry um, on the 4th of July in honour of Independence Day for you guys oh <laughs> and my Captain Marvel vans so 
Yes, I was kind of betraying my my country for yours. Uh, (laughs) So some news on season three of Jessica Jones. Uh, This will see Kristen Ritter making her directorial debut. Oh. Exciting. And there's been... Yeah, it's cool. And there's been set photos released, which looks like um, they're filming her episode now. And they filmed a set video of Rachel Taylor, who plays Trish, um, just you know doing some normal human stuff and not at all stuff that uh, someone called Hellcat might do <laughs> so that's exciting like they have a picture of her in cat ears we're like oh <laughs> interesting <laughs> yeah all she does for her Hellcat powers is just wear little cat ears and it's like it's me Hellcat with my cat ears it gives me cat hearing and they're like but they're just fake ears <laughs> what no <laughs> What do you mean? No, I want her to wear those cool, like, headphones. Oh, I can't remember who puts them out, but they're, Ooh. like, cat ears and they light up. <gasps> yeah. Oh, amazing. Oh, a friend of mine has them, and I'm just, like, I covet them. I'm, like, I want those. They sound yeah, amazing. I see a lot of Twitch streamers wearing those. Oh, they're so cute. Yeah. Yeah, I want some of those. Oh, maybe you can get headphones, and they've got, like, little um, little daredevil ears, like, little horns. Oh. <gasps> They do. They do have them, I think. What? Right, I need oh, these. Horns, I, I need these. I think it's the same. Whoever does the cat ear ones, I think, does, like, a couple different things. But I think I've seen the devil horns. But, yeah, my friend has the cat ears, and I told her that her and I should put on, like, a performance and both wear the cat ears and, like, have the music come out of the cat ear speakers, like, on our <laughs> it's like, it would have to be for a very small audience that was very close to us, but... <laughs> I want I want those so much. I need those. <laughs> it sounds like the greatest thing I've ever heard. Someone has to uh, has to uh, you know. I need to get these. Just little daredevil headphones, and I can pretend I'm daredevil listening to the city. But actually, I'm listening to some funky jams. <laughs> <laughs> some tam jams. Uh, okay, further news. The first reactions to Ant Man and the Wasp have been released. Uh, this is what I wrote a week ago before we didn't record that say it's the best MCU film since The Winter Soldier. Tammy, you've seen this film. Is it uh, the best MCU okay. film since The Winter Soldier? No. <laughs> the best MCU film. I was, I was kind of surprised by this. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a good movie. It's a fun ride. I'll put it that way. It's, I mean, if you liked the first Ant-Man, you'll probably like this one. I, it's, to me, it's like more, I don't know. It's more comedic, I guess. Yeah. In a lot of ways. I thought it was fun. It's fun, but it's as far as like if I'm looking at films on a serious note, like I'm definitely putting Black Panther above those. Ones. Of course. We were actually saying going back to the Marvel vans that you can buy. Sorry, but you guys really need to look these up because they are so gorgeous. There is a Black Panther pair, and they are um, oh, black with. Um, they're just like black with uh, black stitching on them and then like little gold bits where the laces go. But you wouldn't be able to really tell they're Black Panther looking at them. But we, um, me and a, a, a friend of mine said that what they should have done is they should have put like little purple stitching on them. You know, like the kinetic energy thing in his suit. That would have looked, looked oh, yeah. amazing. Um, also, Will, these headphones are amazing. Thank you for sending this to me. I, I need these so much in my life. I know. <laughs> Oh, I need to get some Daredevil headphones. Oh, are um, they the, you said are the Daredevil ones, the little devil guys? 
little devil horns. Although they kind of look like little doggies because they've got a little bit at the end. <laughs> but oh, they're so cool. Uh, last bit of news. So Steve Ditko, who was the co-creator of Spider-Man, passed away at the age of 90, which is really sad. Yeah. yeah. So rest in peace, Steve, co-creator of Spider-Man and Doctor Strange and lots of others. So this week we are covering the episodes, uh, episode two of season two, Straighten It Out, and episode three, Wig Out. Tammy, do you have any Tam Jam knowledge about these episode titles? Uh, sure. Um, I did not do, like, uh, lyrics or whatever, but what I did want to say is I <laughs> totally forgot uh, after our last recording, but I have, as of now, put up the article I read that has all the music videos nice. for all of the titles, uh, title songs. So you can go there, you can listen to some uh, Pete Rock and Seal Smooth, and get some, get your learning on. For some <laughs> get your Tam Jam knowledge on. Yeah, exactly. Um, but as far as music in the episodes themselves, episode two was a little lighter than mm-hmm. episode three. Episode two, the main singer that we see uh, in Harlem's Paradise is Gary Clark Jr. He's a blues singer from Austin, Texas. Really great voice. I liked his voice. Really yeah, smart. he was great. He also looked like I don't know what you what you thought, but you know, like that awesome hat he was wearing. He looked like he had like yeah. a little um, a little chili pepper on the side. Yes, of the hat. yeah, <laughs> it was like he had something on the side. I couldn't figure it, it out. Was yet. So cool. Um, and then there is, of course, the reggae song that is in this episode is called "Youth Supper" by Clayton Hibbert. Mm-hmm. I could not find any information on Clayton Hibbert, so. Sorry, guys, but... I really like that song, though. Yeah, but it's called Youth Sufferer, so... You see what I mean about the reggae, like... Youth Suffer. They've they've got such a strong, you know, reggae beat in this, or, you know, like, reggae focus on the music and blues. It's just reggae and blues. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Really cool stuff. Uh, So, in episode three, uh, we have a party scene, and the singer there... Her name is Esperanza Spalding. She is so pretty, mm-hmm. this girl. Um, she's a 33-year-old bassist jazz musician, and uh, she's won a Grammy, and she's played at, like, the White House a bunch of times because apparently Barack Obama really likes her, so she was there. Yeah. Name sounds familiar. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's okay. She um, so she, she was the main singer. We have two main reggae songs. One... I've recognized, I've I've heard before, which was um, World Reggae, Out in the Street, They Call It Murder, which was mm-hmm. like one of the first songs we heard. I thought, I've thought i always thought it was Out on the Street, They Call It Murder, but in the subtitles on the episode, they say Out on the Streets, They Call It Murder. And I was That's, like, is it not murder? It, I always thought it was murder. It, it, it is. I think yeah. they just screwed up on the subtitles. Right, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, because... <laughs> Because Dan noticed that, too, and he was like, he goes, oh, he's like, I guess we don't call, you don't listen to murder podcasts anymore. You listen to murder podcasts. Out on the streets, they really don't call it murder in Harlem. Yeah. In Luke Cage world. Any Kamosi, you might, well, this is where I recognized him from, I heard that song, but he does a song in 1994 called Here Comes the Hot Stepper. Uh, <laughs> do you know what I always I, said Tammy when I got I married think, I I'm going to walk up the aisle to here comes the hot stepper <laughs> oh please please yeah 
and everyone's gonna have big foam fingers in the congregation and go na 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 na. Be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> After when I saw that, I was like, okay, this is kind of amazing. Nice. Um, the other reggae song is "Under My Sensei 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 Sensei." <laughs> I'm terrible at that. Okay, uh, and it's by Barrington Barrington Levy. I don't I don't think I know his stuff necessarily. I'm sure I've heard it because the guy has been doing reggae since 1979 and hasn't stopped. Oh. So, <laughs> uh, so he's, he's still a, a reggae dance hall artist now. So uh, Barrington Levy is the guy's name. Um, and let's see. I think that was the most for music, but there's some other songs that you'll recognize in um, the third episode. Uh, like Marvin Gaye, mm-hmm. there's this Marvin Gaye song that that's like when Luke is walking and uh, Bushmaster knocks him out at the end. Um, oh, there's also, also I Chase the Devil, Max Romeo, isn't there? Which is yes. most famous for being sampled by the Prodigy. Yep. Which I love. And um, at the end, Tilda, when she's playing on the keyboard, mm-hmm. or the Really, it's piano, right? Isn't it piano? I, I don't know. I always think of it as a, yeah. a, or an organ. It might, it might <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, anyway, this note says, this note that I was looking at where it tells like where in the show it, it, the song is located. It says keyboard, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure it wasn't a keyboard. But anyway, um, she's playing the, an instrumental version of Family First that Adrian Young, who does a lot of the music for Luke Cage, he's the one that um, actually uh, came up with that song. Mm. I, I would just say get a little um, a little pin for that song and uh, just just pop it in there for now, guys. Hmm? I mean, it makes sense that uh, it's a the song title is Family First after Mariah's uh, speech about Family First. That I'm pretty sure she just kept saying the words Family First over and over again. Yes, <laughs> I was like, does she say anything else to make these full sense? <laughs> Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it was made for the show. So yes, it is also on the vinyl soundtrack or the digital soundtrack, oh. which I have. Which that vinyl so, soundtrack looks so pretty. That's going to be coming out. Oh, um. So that's what I have for music. Thank you, Tammy, for this week's Tam Jams. No problem. Uh, you guys enjoying the music so far for the show? Yeah. Sure. Nice. Cool. Oh, cool. Uh, so, as I said, this week we're covering episode two, Straighten It Out. This was written by Akila Cooper and directed by Steph Green. Uh, little synopsis from Den of Geek says, Luke tests out his abilities on the ball field, Misty ruffles feathers at the precinct, and Mariah plans a reunion to boost her image. And episode 203, Wig Out, uh, written by Matt Owens and directed by returning director Mark Jobs. Um, worried Luke is heading down a dark path, Claire pays a visit to his father. Bushmaster makes a bid for Mariah's guns. Uh, obviously, her her arms, her muscly arms. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, worded really oddly. So let's go through Luke first. Um, obviously, as our main character, we start off where he's you know he was obviously shot in the last episode. And um, Claire is examining his skin post-shooting, and she thinks that the second go in the the acid tub has strengthened the abalone shell in his skin, and says we should <laughs> we test him. We all knew it. I mean, we all knew it. That's what it was. That's science. Uh, yeah. 
There was someone at work the other day, this lady who's telling me all about the rings she was wearing, and one of them was abalone shell. And I was kind of getting the giggles because I was thinking, hee, that's what Luke's skin's made out of. <laughs> oh, I still think we don't need an explanation as to why his skin is strong. I'd be perfectly happy if they were like, oh, it's magic. <laughs> yeah. You know. It just is. Yeah. It's just, just getting is. stronger every day just because. Yeah. Why not? I mean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why not? Uh, so then we cut to the Harlem Jets field because Claire suggested that they test Luke's strength. And the press are also there due to the Harlem Heroes app because they've hunted him down. Um, and he gets tested by um, this coach and Luke's like throwing giant tires around and doing long jumps and running faster than Usain Bolt. And yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah, so I have thoughts, questions, feelings about this. So, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I don't know how to put all right, that. Okay, which one are you um, going to do first? Your thoughts, your questions, or your feelings? Talk about your feelings first. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I feel like he's so hot. God damn. <laughs> Cage. Um, but, uh, so I didn't I mean I knew he was strong mm-hmm. but I felt like he was strong just because like he learned how to fight younger and he was fighting in prison and all that stuff and I just felt like he was indestructible so maybe he just didn't feel as much pain so therefore he could like fight harder because he doesn't yeah. feel a lot of stuff but I didn't realize like oh he jumps further he's faster than other people he can throw more I, I don't get all that I was like what so, okay, so that was my thoughts and feels. Now my question is, what? I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know see, as well that he was super fast. Go on, sorry, Will. Go on. I was saying, like, you see, it's, it's, it's his indestructible skin makes him, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't get why he's fast, and I don't know if I like it, because I like him being more of, like, you know, you have... Um, you have people like Daredevil and Iron Fist are fast, you know, in fighting because yeah. they're agile. But I, yeah, I feel like you, exactly. and then you have Luke who's like a tank, you know, when he fights, it's like going up against a tank, but he is kind of not slow, but he's not any faster than anyone else. So you have no, him like going up against Bushmaster who's sort of super fast and stuff. Exactly. It just seems a bit strange. I guess maybe they wrote it in because they wanted to inflate Luke's ego even a bit more and to have all these comparisons to Usain Bolt which is quite funny that Luke's just like I never said that yeah I think the funniest thing though is when he's doing all that and he just kind of like fake brushes stuff off (laughs) that made me laugh so hard to see him do that (laughs) like such a goofball like yeah. that's what, you know I know Claire always says oh you're you're so cheesy you know you're so corny and it's like when he did that I was like okay he totally is he's such he's, he's such so a good is. <laughs> but Claire is lo- not looking that happy about the attention Luke's getting <laughs> whatever Claire <laughs> <laughs> oh we shall talk about Claire yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, my my feelings should flip flop from episode to episode so I'm just saying my second episode thoughts right now <laughs> i will say as well and this is something that i noticed the first time i watched these episodes and then if you watch them again you really notice it every time um i think i was mentioned this to you earlier tammy every yeah. time bobby bobby fish like bumps into claire or claire bumps into bobby fish he's like hey good to see you claire and like gives her a kiss or she gives him a kiss and i was like 
it's not like they never see each other. They see each other all the time. And then Tammy <laughs> said maybe that was just the actor who was like, I want to be kissing Rosario Dawson yeah. all the time. Yeah, why not, right? Because <laughs> like every time he's like, five minutes later, he's like, hey, good to see you, Claire. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Kiss, kiss. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of I funny. will say, like, her hair this season is, like, so great. <laughs> her, I still her like little... her, se- her Daredevil season one hair with, like, the half-shaved thing. I thought they looked really yeah. cute. No, it's just, like, here it's, like, almost, like, perfect soft ringlets for every episode. I'm like, how how are you doing that with your hair? Like, how? She must have a really good conditioner. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. So, um, later on at home, Claire asks Luke about her worries um, and and says maybe there's something um, out there worse than a Judas bullet. And Luke is convinced that nothing can hurt him. Mm, I wonder if those words will come back to haunt you, Luke. <laughs> I love my legs. <laughs> you know what? My legs. I love my legs. <laughs> I'm so glad that I are. Can. It's the most important part of my body. <laughs> I love my face. <laughs> my face is so pretty. Oh, dear. Yeah, Reese is barking at other dogs now, so. Uh, Reese is telling uh, Luke off. Yeah, <laughs> Reese is saying, Luke, Luke, pride comes before a fool. <laughs> <laughs> I would love, I would love it if Reese was just telling Luke off. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's only episode two. Don't get too cocky this early in the season. <laughs> exactly. So next time we see Luke is when he's back at Pops and his dad enters, um, and Luke's like, "Oh, you shouldn't have come here for, to get your hair cut. You can go around the corner, whatever." We find out that Luke is trending on Twitter. Um, and he and his dad sort of have a little chat, but, you know, his dad's like, oh, come and see me, Carl, when you get a chance. Uh, and Claire enters again and gets another kiss from Bobby Fish. And, uh, then Luke tells him that he's... cringe when they, I'm sorry, when they start talking about, like, Twitter and Facebook on TV shows? Uh, a bit, yeah, because I feel like it, it will kind of date, date quite quickly, but, um... I guess like any technology you feature in a show is going to date it, you know? But they don't really have it in any of the other ones, so um, I guess that's that's kind of fine. You know, this is the one that you probably want to have it in because Luke is the sort of celebrity one of the defenders, I guess. Um, And we already know he's got that app on him. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And uh, and once again, Luke and Claire are pissed at each other because... Claire is upset that Luke isn't happy about his dad being in town. Yeah. Claire, kind of, just back off. Luke's being bad as well, but Claire needs to back off a bit. Yeah, at this point, Luke really isn't doing anything wrong. He's just telling her to, like, okay, like, kind of mind your own business. Like, yeah. I don't want I don't want to reconcile with my dad. I feel like all of season one was his fault. So, you know, like, I don't want to live back there. Well, not even all of season one, like everything, even like um, uh, Jessica Jones season one before that as well. Like everything. Yeah. It's kind of insane. Like when he goes into it later. Um, Yeah. Yeah. She just needs to back off a bit. Calm down, Claire. Um, Later on, after he finds out that Arturo has been freed, um, I like that Bobby tells Luke off for cursing. Um, and he's like, the rules still apply, but Luke's run out of change. He's run out of change. Yeah. And I was like, has he just been swearing like a ton? Like, 
know? And it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, and this is I when mean, they... Yeah, he does swear more than normal in these two episodes. He really does. He's, like, swearing all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of... Maybe they just thought they'd have him swearing more because, you know, this is dark, sweary Luke. I don't know. Uh, they discuss Mariah selling to either Nigel or Cockroach as the two remaining buyers. Luke needs one of them to talk. So he goes after Cockroach by shaking various guys by their ankles to find Cockroach. Funny. Or putting these weights on this guy's chest and wrapping them around him. Yeah. Um, so that guy's probably dead now. <laughs> the weight guy? Yeah. Also, oh, he's, he's kind of bad, because why hasn't he got someone, um, you know, repping him? Spotting him, yeah. Yeah, spotting him, not repping <laughs> him. Spotting him. He should have someone spotting him. Um, but otherwise, like, there's no one else in that gym. That guy's just going to wait there and, you know, not be able to get up. Uh, so in the end... Yeah, but... Oh, go on. I did... My note was, like, when he had picked that guy up, like, by his ankles, like, high off the ground, I was like, he's so tall, and he's being such a dick. <laughs> yeah. But he... Like... I just don't notice, like, how tall Luke Cage is until he's standing next to anybody else. And it's like, wow, he's just so tall. He's a giant man. Yeah. It's insane. Kind of crazy. And I think they purposely put, like, smaller guys next to him, so... Oh, yeah. Like, even when you see, like, um, any of the other defenders standing next to him, he's he's just a giant. Yeah. You know, even in the Defenders and these, you know, these guys that are meant to be intimidating, you know, like, um, like Danny and Matt, and they just look so tiny compared to Luke. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I would love to see him, like, Luke against, um, like, Captain America or something. That'd be so good. We need crossover. Make it happen. Oh, please. Um, so, so he finds out about Cockroach's baby mama. Drea Powell, um, and is going to go and find out all about her, uh, find out where uh, Cockroach is from her, which doesn't get very far. Um, I think it's the next time we see him, isn't it? It's actually not for a while. A lot of other stuff happens. But he arrives at Drea's house and meets his uh, her son, I think CJ, and he's so cute and, like, Luke's his hero, and it's so sad because of what happens later. Yeah. He's like, you're Luke Cage. And he's like, I can't protect my mum because I'm not strong like you. Um, yeah. And Luke realises that Cockroach is beating up Drea and hurting CJ as well. Uh, Drea won't tell him where Cockroach is, but the nosy old neighbour next door certainly will. I, oh, I love her. Thank you. <laughs> so good. I was like, oh, this is like, uh, this is going to be Tammy in a few years, who's just like, hey, you. <laughs> hey, you. Give me <laughs> I've been in a, in a lot of years, but you're just gonna be in in many many years. This will be Tammy because you'll be like, I know exactly what's going on. Oh, by the way, uh, do you want some yeah. coffee? Oh, here's my number. Here's my number, sexy man. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And I've already got like Ecuadorian house dresses that look similar. Nice. <laughs> so I'm set. I'm ready to go. Let's. <laughs> This is going to be you. Awesome. Yeah, I love this old lady so much. I don't think we get a name for her, but yeah, I love her. She's amazing. Yeah, she looks a bit better. I think she's in a lot of stuff. This actress, she always plays an old lady. <laughs> <laughs> she 
wouldn't be able to play like a teenager, Will. Well, you never know. CG. <laughs> It'd be funny if she was like doing a, like playing a teenager, and it's kind of like in Millennium where Lance Henriksen played a teenager, you know, and you just put like a little hat with a, a little spinning <laughs> thing on top, and she's doing a high pitch voice. Yes, I'm 15. Um, <laughs> so uh, she basically tells him about that cockroach does this dice game at the warehouses. That's how vague it is. Oh, the dice game at the warehouses. Okay, I know exactly where that is. I was thinking the amount of warehouses there are in these shows, it could be anywhere. Anywhere. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Uh, so off Luke goes uh, to the warehouse, um, arrives in his hoodie, uh, looking intimidating, and then all these guys try to attack him. One guy tries to tase him, but he throws him away. All the gamblers run, and then Cockroach approaches him. And do you remember last week when I said Cockroach had a six-barrel shotgun in the comics? There it is. There it is. So he shoots him with a six-barrel shotgun, and Luke flies out the window like the boy who could fly, and lands on a car <laughs> and dislocates his shoulder. I did have to. I did have a note here, though. That poor woman dancing. Her oh. boobs are so big. Yes. My my back hurt. Yes. Her. I agree. Oh my God. I was thinking, good on good on um, this club for you know uh, getting a, a larger lady to be the dancer because you don't always really see that. But oh, her back must be killing her. Yeah, because she's in these high high heels, which she has money stuffed into. Yes. <laughs> And then, uh, but I guess that's where the guys could reach because she's kind of uh, elevated. Yeah, she's on like a little podium or something. Yeah, and then like, oh my god, I was just like, oh my god, her boobs are so big, <laughs> oh so painful. As a lady, a lady with a larger chest, I sympathise with her because my yeah. my my back hurts just from you know walking down the street. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, and mine's nowhere near hers. That's just... oh, it's insane. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, Luke flies out the window, lands on a car, and has dislocated his shoulder, and clearly the phone's up Claire and is like, I've hurt my shoulder. Come and help me. <laughs> um, so uh, Claire heads to his uh, to their apartment to fix his shoulder, and they have another argument, and Claire says she told him so, which is never a good thing to say, and yeah. then compares Luke to Matt and... Uh, and says you're more like Matt than you you think. And one of the things I, I kind of like about this is they really don't touch on, like, Defenders in Jessica Jones, season two, but they do kind of touch upon it in this show by sort of saying about Matt, and they talk about, I mean, obviously it makes sense with Misty being in it and the events that happened, but they talk about, like, Matt sacrificing himself and stuff, and I wonder yeah. if that's part of something that's added to, like, Luke's anger, because, you know, I feel like maybe that's... I mean, obviously, they weren't great friends, but that's part of him dealing with it, is that he's even more determined to take down the criminals. Do you know what I mean? I Well, I think what it is, is he's embraced his power more this mm-hmm. season mm-hmm. because of what happened to Matt. Yeah. And, and the same thing, like, even though they didn't talk about it like they're doing in Luke Cage. They didn't talk about it in Jessica Jones. They do reference it a couple of times, and her dealing with it is to, like, shy away from it and mm. want even less to do with it than before. So yeah, we are, yeah, like, I guess watching right. at how they deal with it afterward, 
Um, and, and it's just in totally opposite directions. Which I, I like. I like that there's oh, consequences. Yeah, sure. Because I'm hoping, obviously, from what we saw at the end of... Um, uh, at the end of Defenders, with Luke, uh, with Danny kind of taking over from Matt, that it will obviously be referenced in Iron Fist season two as well. Before we get to Daredevil season three, um, so I like that it's showing how it sort of affects these characters. I wish it kind of affected Karen more in the Punisher, but we all know that. <laughs> yeah, apparently Punisher lived in its own world, so yeah, it lives in its own little world. Um, Luke says that Claire is always involved with people with superhuman abilities um uh claire thinks that luke is obsessed and then luke blames his dad for everything this is what you were saying earlier tammy um if if he hadn't sort of messed up willis then willis would never would have become diamondback he never would have framed luke luke wouldn't have gone to jail he wouldn't have met reaver reaver wouldn't have met kilgrave and i mean at that point that's kind of crazy you can't go down that (laughs) road you know what if what if what if I, I guess you can say that about any decision you yeah. make in life is you can always blame somebody else. There's always somebody else or some other reason. Mm-hmm. And I, so I do agree with Claire because I think it's here where she tells him, like, that's the problem. You're not taking responsibility mm-hmm. for what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because I would love to blame other people all the time. <laughs> and I have before. And I've, I've grown up and become an adult and realized... Oh yeah, I can't do that anymore. That's, yeah, that's you can't because you can go down this exact rabbit hole. Yeah, <laughs> and then blame like twenty events on one thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that isn't due. You know that hasn't caused yeah. everything. But yeah, he's just you know. Yeah, but he needs to get through it on his own time, and Claire needs to back up about it. Mhm. Yeah, definitely. Um. So and then Luke tells her to stay out of his head. Uh, so it's all, all happy times, you know, with those those two crazy kids. Um, and at this point, when I was watching it, I was Thank like, I, I was like, yes, yes, let the hate fill you. I was like the emperor from Star Wars. Embrace the dark side. Embrace the dark side and split up. I was, yeah. <laughs> it's maybe uncomfortable, but I don't like it when people fight. Or, or, you know, people I like fight on TV Aww. shows or in real life. Oh. <laughs> this is why you you are a uh, a sweet Hufflepuff, uh, Will. Yes. <laughs> Can we all just go along and uh, be nice and happy? You should just burst in and just start singing. Why can't we be friends? <laughs> just calm calm everything down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so when do we see Luke next? Oh, it's when he gets the call from his old lady friend. Old lady Tammy calls him up. Yeah. And he heads over. I'm there. I'm yeah. there to help Luke out. Yeah. And she says that there's an argument going on in the in the house, in the apartment, and Luke kicks the door down and, like, basically tortures Cockroach. Like, Claire's right later. Like, why didn't she just... Why didn't he just tap him on the head and knock him out? Like, yeah. when he's throwing him around and, like, looming over him and stuff... I mean, like, he throws him into that glass cabinet. Like, that's what happens to Tammy's favourite character, Inez, in Jessica Jones. And it was made a big deal, but Luke's throwing him all over the place. It's it's really horrible, particularly when he's choking him. It's horrible. Yeah, it's real crazy. And we obviously get the, the, you know, the thing that appears in a lot of stuff where Luke's uh, doing justice or what he thinks is justice, and he looks over at the little kid who he's protecting, the little kid is just as scared of him. And then he's like, oh, am I the monster? 
Yeah. Yeah, so he lets him go. Um, it reminded me of the Daredevil movie where he's like, I'm not the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, right, so next time we see him, he's just sitting in the apartment still with bloody knuckles. Um, not his blood, obviously. And Claire arrives and issues first aid to uh, Cockroach, who is concussed and has broken ribs. Yeah. And I think that's important, like, Claire, what you said, that that's not his blood. Mm-hmm. Because that's a lot of blood on his hands. Mm-hmm. To not be any of that be his. But it can't be, obviously. Yeah, it can't be his, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it can't be his. So to see that, like, you know, when you see that image in any other kind of TV or movie, it's usually like a commingling of the person that got beat up and the person... Well, if you saw Daredevil, it would be... Yeah. 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 It would be both. And here it's just not, and it's just so disturbing to think yeah. that, like, yeah, that's none of that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's horrible. And then Luke says that they need to keep this quiet um, because he needs info from Cockroach. Obviously, not a good thing to say to Claire. Like, you're not really a priority at the moment. You know, you could have killed this guy. Uh, so, Cockroach is then taken to hospital. Misty arrives because Claire has called her, but she says she won't arrest Luke. And um, Luke is absolutely adamant that he was right. Uh, and then he decides he wants to go after Nigel, who is one of the other potential buyers. Because he can't go to Arturo, he can't go to Cockroach now, so he can go to Nigel. So, next time we see him, he's uh, in, I think he's in Pops, and he marks the map um, for Brooklyn, uh, which is where the the Yardies kind of hang around, and then he falls asleep, and obviously he's sleeping there because he doesn't want to go back to the apartment because him and Claire are arguing. Aw. So, (laughs) aw. So, next time we see him is when he is visiting... Gwen's and we get perhaps the greatest scene in these two episodes which is Luke Cage versus old Jamaican men playing dominoes. Oh god it's so great. (laughs) I love this so much how they just laugh at him and they really don't care that he's Luke Cage they just want to play their dominoes. Also I think they're just kind of done with him like you know Luke is is the hero of Harlem but he's not doing anything for Brooklyn or anybody else. Yeah he's not the hero of um, uh, Crown Heights wherever it is they they are. Hmm? Yeah he's the hero of Harlem. Yeah so they don't don't care about him. The hero of Brooklyn is uh, Steve Rogers he's the Brooklyn boy. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Yeah Queens has got uh, Spider-Man you know. (laughs) Uh, Yeah so I, I love these guys. I just love that they're just like, hey, whatever, get out of here, whatever. Um, and Luke also asks the the woman in um, in Gwen's, I think her name's Ingrid, if I remember right, and uh, doesn't get any info at all, but sees this shif- super shifty guy, the shiftiest of shifty guys, uh, <laughs> leave and follows him. This guy could not look any more any more guilty. <laughs> I think his name. I think somewhere in the credits or something, I saw his name was like Mouse or something like that. Uh, yeah, I think it's something like that. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. But he's just so. He's basically like, "Quick, you follow me," and I love that he tries to like hide from Luke. Yeah. And then Luke like yeah. pretends to walk past and then just walks back and stuff. It's just so ridiculous. Oh, I love it. It's great. Uh, so Luke follows him all the way to the warehouse and the door goes flying 3,000 miles 
across the <laughs> warehouse. It's kind of insane. Can we talk about this warehouse for a second? Please, Tammy. I thought we were going to get um, a, a flashback to a movie that me and you watched um, because, called, uh, oh God, what's it called? With, uh, you know, what's it called? Film we watched with uh, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme and uh, Lance oh, Henriksen. Yeah. I can't think oh, what the name yeah. of it is, um, where they the big fight at the end takes place in a warehouse filled with carnival floats, because <laughs> I think that's what's happening I, here. I, yeah, because I'm like, what is this costume <laughs> warehouse that only has, like, five costumes in it? <laughs> but there's nothing else in this warehouse. It's so, so it, weird. Uh, it's so bizarre. Yeah. I really was hoping, though, that they would, like, throw some of the mannequins around. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they have in an episode later in this season. This isn't spoilers. They have um, like a um, a parade, um, but okay. it's like the uh, a West Indian parade. Yeah. So I was like, is this the warehouse from that? Because that would be weird. But um, yeah, because it's yeah. just mannequins, really nice, cool costumes, like massive costumes, and. Boxes of costumes that just say costumes on them. Like what if they all? What if costumes. they all? Do they? <laughs> yeah. What if they all dressed up in these um, these costumes oh, for the big fight? That would be, be amazing. <laughs> like, it's almost like superhero wear. Like these costumes, I don't, I don't know what they are. Also, the film that we have we have been talking about is, of course, the 1993 classic by John Woo, Hard Target. Which, if you haven't oh, seen that, yeah. definitely watch that film. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's got Wilford Brimley with a bow and arrow riding a horse in front of an explosion. The greatest yep. moment in cinematic history. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, yeah, so Luke starts like fighting these guys. Um, you've got, uh, basically, at one point, he's like... Well, he says he's looking for Nigel. Um and then uh, Luke tells Bushmaster, who's there, that the gun deal isn't going through. So all the goons attack Luke, and, and Nancy films it. That's that guy's name, Anansi. Um, Anansi. Anansi, yeah, which is the spider god, isn't it, of the Caribbean? Yeah. yeah which is cool. Um, he's a character from American Gods, Anansi. And um, I love the moment where Luke, the guy, attacks him with the chain, and Luke pulls the chain into him, himself, and, like... The, the impact of the goon's hand hitting Luke's hand breaks yes. his fist. Oh, yes. that was amazing. That was so good. And I love that um, Luke reflects the bullets back at them using his yes. chest. <laughs> that is great. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> that was amazing. It's like he's just... I think, I think at that point, that's when B- Bushmaster actually was like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> he can't do that. They just like sink into his skin. They like, sink into like his putty chest. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and um, um, I think the most moment that's most intimidating is when the grenade explodes in his face. Yes. Holy shit. And he just he just tosses it to the ground like he just all the little ashes. <laughs> I think that's the moment where I, if I was like one of the goons, I'd be like, whatever Bushmaster's paying me, it's not enough. I quit. I quit being a goon. <laughs> I'm out of here. I was a yardie, but I'm out of yeah. here. <laughs> this guy can, like, explode a grenade in his hand, and Bushmaster's given me a chain to fight him with. Uh, no. <laughs> I have a baseball bat. <laughs> I have a chain, and I'm not even um, Ghost Rider. What am I supposed to do with this? 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, Luke, having delivered his message, uh, leaves. His message yeah. of intimidation. Also, I, I do want to know, though, cause, so they're in a circle around Luke Cage. So mm-hmm. Luke is in the middle of this warehouse. They're in a circle around him. What was this guy thinking by throwing a grenade at Luke Cage? No idea. What was his plan? Were they all going to run away? I don't know. Because they all just stood there when he threw it. (laughs) Maybe it wasn't an actual proper grenade. It was like a glitter grenade. They thought like Luke could be scared and run away. but Luke would never get all that glitter off of his hands. (laughs) It's the herpes of craft materials, Tammy. It really is. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe that was it. It was just for intimidation. But they do just stand there and watch him, and it's like, well, it's. I mean, <laughs> like, if someone threw a grenade at me, okay, in real life, I would just throw it back at them, because like, <laughs> like, it'd be a, a really crazy game of hot potato. <laughs> it really would. But I mean, it's just a stupid thing to do. If yeah. they're standing right there and they throw it at you, I'd be like, well, no, have it back. <laughs> Here you go. I think you lost this. Here you go. Um, so in the end, uh, Luke gets home and then he and Claire argue some more and Luke thinks he's finally getting results. Um, Claire says that Luke scares her and then he talks about, you know, scaring people and he talks about being a black man in a hoodie, um, you know, and people are always scared of him. And then, but Claire, you know, throws it back and says that she always faced racism in her own home. And she sort of mentions, what does she say? She's like, soy cubana or something. Afro-Cubana, because she's Afro-Cuban, isn't she? Yeah. Um, Which is kind of so crazy that, you know... Which is tough. That is is a huge problem. That's actually a really... But, like, all the stuff... Basically, at this point, because we don't see Claire a whole lot. We see her talk to his dad and stuff earlier in the episode, which I'm sure we'll get to. But, like, Mm -hmm. when she has this confrontation with Luke, I am behind her... A million percent. Mm-hmm. A million percent. It's like, I get he's angry. And and I think you're right. I think some of that is having to do off of the end of Defenders and him mm-hmm. watching Matt die and trying to figure out, like, where his place is and saying, I can make a difference. That's great. But the way you're going about it is wrong. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. You are not the be-all, end-all what is it called? Judge, jury, and executioner? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not who you are. You can't be that. That's a problem. And she's right. Like, being being Latin at all, and just speaking from personal experience, being Latin at all, like, mm-hmm. they are so... I love my family. I love my family. They're so <laughs> racist against other people, it's fucking unreal. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, as I've gotten older, you know, it's not... The, they've like mellowed out but i just remember as a kid like they're just they're racist against other latin people <laughs> like you can't be you know cubans and puerto ricans like they yeah. don't see each other as equals <laughs> it's crazy it's really insane and for her to live in a household where she's cuban and she's african american like that's yeah she's right like her family had probably so much self-loathing mm-hmm that that's what she grew up with. And so, and then we like find out from this scene too, that she grew up in a house where like her dad beat her mom. Yeah. So seeing all this violence and hatred and like, uh, I just, I feel for her. It actually gives us a bit of understanding towards the character, which I like. Um, this is, I, I think she's really great and I'm, I'm completely on her side as well in this, this scene. 
Um, yeah. I think this is really great, and I kind of am like, I wish we'd had more of this from you, Claire. Do you know what I mean? Rather yeah. than just in other shows, like in Iron Fist, being like, look, look what a badass I am. I'm the best martial arts student. Like, no, I want you to be more of a human being, which is, and less yeah. of a Mary Sue, which is what we sort of get here. But I think it just shows that the writing is a lot better, you know. Um, yeah, I everything all of my notes were just like i I, all my notes at this point were fuck you luke get the fuck out of her house Mm -hmm. and then like at one point when she was talking about like how she's leaving and she's like she needs to possibly like go back to cuba or whatever like she just needs to like go and (laughs) be away Mm -hmm. i was like no make him get the fuck out of your house like i was so pissed at this point at luke i was like i can't i cannot believe he he put a hole in her mom's wall. I cannot believe he let himself get to that place and not just walk away mm-hmm. because it's always an option. Always, always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not like there's any kind of like, not obviously this makes it even worse, but not that there's any kind of like alcohol involved. There's no drugs involved. This was purely him. Mm-hmm. And his anger. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, I can't, oh. But this is yeah, like... The end of this episode broke me. I was like in tears. I couldn't, Aww. I was so... I, I, just, I couldn't believe, I mean, I'm glad that they're... I loved it because I'm like, <laughs> at least it gives me a reason to like be mad at him. Because we've always talked about how like yeah. he has no faults. That's it. I was like, finally, it's like he's a human being who has faults. Yeah. And he's not just this perfect guy this perfect superman like yes give him faults i love it it makes him so much more realistic so it was a lot it was a lot it was a lot yeah Mm -hmm. like what you were saying like when after he did it he wouldn't leave he's like yeah let's talk tomorrow let's let's get together let's work this out like fucking go luke (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah i like my note was i feel her so fucking hard right now (laughs) (laughs) i think like uh, saying from what like claire was saying as well about the racism in her family thing and this is obviously and what you were saying tammy as well and this is just like a personal thing and is totally coming from my you know my my privileged white background is i i always find it kind of i i always just find it really hard to wrap my head around when a group of people who have faced discrimination discriminate against another group you know it's it's just so hard to get my head around you know so you'd face discrimination your whole life or something but then we'll be like well i don't like this group it's crazy and i know it's very very common but it's it's always just so hard for me to wrap my head around and and will i don't know if you can speak to this i'm like i know even from the latin side it's like if you're a lighter skin latin person versus mm-hmm. a darker skin complexion latin person like that makes a difference it makes a difference the way you're treated yeah there's like that in the black community as well if you're light skinned or dark skin you mm. know there's like a division sometimes and also i was thinking when you were saying that claire like in the lgbt community there's mm-hmm. a lot of discrimination yeah true i i get it the the closest i was thinking about it the closest i've probably had to it is being um um bisexual in like lgbt community because it's still kind of you still get some things you know you get like people saying oh well you know um 
you know, either thinking that it's like an attention thing or thinking you're just Take not out the closet. <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm just too greedy. I want it all. <laughs> it's just a phase, Claire. You gotta take that side of Yeah. Eventually. Totally. I'll decide and then there's like trans uh, discrimination, there's fat shaming, yeah. there's femme shaming. It's just, uh, it's it's so just ridiculous. crazy. It's crazy. It's. It's such, it's just a, a hard thing that I, I find to wrap my head around. Not being like, oh, I'm so accepting of everyone. But I just think if you're in, in a minority that has had, uh, just been discri- had faced discrimination your entire life, and then you discriminate against another group, you know, for reasons that are just as ridiculous, like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, what what is going on? <laughs> anyway. Um, I That's been discrimination corner. Yeah, this is discrimination cast. <laughs> <laughs> this episode was sponsored today by the letter D for discrimination. <laughs> Next week we'll talk about <laughs> different kinds of discrimination. <laughs> uh, so uh, the episode, or the uh, the last time we see Luke is he's uh, walking uh, walking away in the streets, and all of a sudden, surprise punch to the face from Bushmaster. At that point, I'm like, yes. Good. <laughs> <laughs> he deserved that. Uh, so, uh, should we talk about Claire now quickly? Because there are a few bits with her, like obviously when she goes to visit uh, James and stuff. Like, what did you think about when she goes to visit James and is asking for advice about Luther, even though she slips and calls him Luke? Yeah, um, I think it was a bit out of line. Like, I, I guess if she's just trying to get more insight. Into it, that's fine. But I, I almost feel like she went to it in a place of she wants to see what way she can get Luke and her his dad back together, and that's out of line and none of her business. Yeah, she's interfering a bit. Yeah, and that whole story about like the two wolves living in the body and all that stuff, like that's um, I was looking to see, and there's no connection. But I, I know that's like just an old story anyway. I have trivia about that. Oh, mm. I was going to say, because the show Underground uh, did that whole story, like, talk, told mm-hmm. that whole story as well. And um, so it was just interesting. I was like, why have I heard that story before? Well, the, <laughs> this the, exact story. The, the first the time I ever heard that story was in a Daredevil comic, surprisingly, oh. because there is a run of Daredevil comics from uh, a good 15 years ago, which actually doesn't feature Daredevil at all randomly. And it's um, it was going to be a mini series like released on the side, um, featuring the character Echo, who was created by David Mack, and it's called uh, it's uh, together in a storyline called Echo Vision Quest. Um, Echo was a, a girlfriend of Daredevils who uh, of Matt Murdock's who surprise surprise tried to kill him, and as they all do, <laughs> and is um, uh, Native American. And she uh, sort of goes on this retreat thing to find herself, like a vision quest, meets Wolverine randomly, and is chatting to him, and he tells her, you know, you do, and he tells her this exact story about the two dogs, and they fight each other, and whichever one you feed is the one that wins. And it really um, kind of, I don't know, it really spoke to me, that storyline. 
Um, this was in my like 20s and I was going through a lot of stuff with like depression and anxiety and everything. And just that storyline really spoke to me. So I actually have a tattoo of two wolves on my back for this very reason because of this exact storyline. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So on my lower back. So I have my two wolves um, because I actually really like this little Cherokee story. So when he was telling it, I was like, oh, it's like my little tattoo. Nice. Yeah. So there's a bit of trivia about 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 Claire. Claire trivia. Claire trivia. Hooray. Um, eggs. <laughs> um, is this is where they talk about Titanic. Yes, I wanted to talk about the Titanic. Um, I I totally agree, Reverend. <laughs> like, yeah, seriously. yeah. Rose, there's way way enough, uh, you know, space on there to to let Leonardo DiCaprio on that that door. What are you doing? <laughs> Shove over a bit. <laughs> I'm enjoying the Reverend when he's not talking to Luke, like in his other scenes. Yeah, when he's talking to Luke, he's very confrontational, and yeah. you can kind of understand how you get Luke's, you know, Luke's back up. But um, we're talking to everyone else. He's really nice and charming. Yeah. And seems like a fun guy. <laughs> yeah, and I totally agree. Um, should we talk about Bushmaster next? So we'll talk about Bushmaster. Well, actually, we'll talk about Misty next. Um, and we'll probably go through them quite quite quick, the other ones. Um, but the first time we see Misty is when she's at the precinct and she is um, sort of getting used to, to things again. Um, she's on light duties and we meet uh, this new colleague of hers, Nandy, who is now working with Bailey, um, who was in season one. And Nandy and Misty were both at the same college and seemed to have some resentment from those days. Um, not helps when Misty demands that she gets her old desk back. Yeah. Like Misty, Misty, I love, I love, 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 love Misty. But Misty is very would would be very hard to get along with. I feel because she's so hot headed. She doesn't need to be there. Yeah. She is hot headed, and she, I mean, rightfully so. Right at this point, she mm-hmm. has a chip on her shoulder. <laughs> yeah. So, and and so. She, I think some of her actions definitely come from that, and so it's just kind of like, yeah, she's not she's not easy to she's not an easy one to love. She's doing stuff like going into interrogations that she shouldn't be, and it's like, yeah, that might mess up the case, Misty. What are you doing? Um, all the hand jokes in these episodes are terrible. Though. Oh, oh lord, all yeah. the hand jokes are just like, ugh. And everybody telling them probably thinks they're so original and the first yeah. one to say something like that. Like, shut up. <laughs> but I'm sure, like, that's the thing that you have. You know, if you have a very visible um, injury or something that, you know, is, is, is new and different, then you probably just get, like... Yeah, you know, it's the same thing if you have a name that, like, rhymes with something and people go, oh, it's like this. And you go, oh, I've never heard that before. It's really funny. Great, you know. Yeah. yeah, it's just so silly. Particularly when the guy's like, do you need a hand? It's like, go away. Yeah. You idiot. You know. Uh, so Misty's just kind of on at Nandy and Bailey about how the case is going. Um, but every time she does, her and Nandy just butt heads. Um, and Nandy says uh, that people are still upset over Scarf. You know, there's obviously still a lot of bad blood over Scarf. Do you think we'll see... Um, like any more references to Scarf, or do you think this is just kind of a thing to remind, to remind us that obviously Scarf done messed up? Yeah, I figured that's what it is. I miss Scarf. I liked Scarf. He was such a, a creep. 
<laughs> so Misty sneaks into Arturo Ray's room to question him um, and uh, is asking him all about, uh, you know, attacking Luke and everything. And then our old friend, lawyer Ben Donovan, walks in, who is not pleased, um, and then lets her know that Arturo made bail and makes lots of hand puns. Yeah. And Misty is threatened with suspension by the captain. I can never remember his name, uh, so I just call him Captain. <laughs> He's yeah, got I some really long well. surname. I can never remember it. It's like something ha- Hower, Lorden Hower, something like that. Um, and the effects still for Misty's arm, I think, are still really good, the way they do it. Mm-hmm. They do a really yeah. good job with it. Um, I love the scene where we see Misty writing at her desk um, with her left hand and like trying to write and obviously struggling a bit, but aware that everyone's staring at her and then she just snaps at everyone and is like, right, you know, all have a good look. You know, here's your 10 seconds of having a good look. Okay, we good? Right, let's all get back to work. Yeah, I, I was like, like it. that's so good. Um, that guy's name is Reidenhauer. I've written it, but I yeah. will not remember that in 10 seconds. So he's the captain. Um, once he announces that Arturo is dead, Misty goes to visit the crime scene at Merlin's and tries to Will Graham the crime scene, as she usually does. But it's all foggy and she can't see the face of the gunman. And the thing is, it's like, because okay, we learned she, that's not her case, so she's not supposed to be there at the crime scene either. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> she's just like, she might as well be home listening to a police scanner and just showing up. Like, but she needs to be there so she can Will Graham the crime scene, Tammy. I guess. You know, it, I it just this had part had reminded me because I'm listening to um, this podcast called uh, In the Dark. Mm-hmm. And they just, they just put out their second season, and the case that they're covering is um, this case. This guy Curtis Flowers, who's like been on trial six times now. Mm. <laughs> so, um, and so it's just looking at the case, like is he or isn't he guilty? Because he's been on trial six times. Um, so he's the case is of four people being shot in a furniture store. <laughs> really? Yeah. In <sighs> all. all all four people shot in the head in the furniture store. And I was, you know, and so it's just kind of like, I was watching this going like, Oh, that's bizarre that I'm listening to that. Like yesterday. And now I'm watching this episode. Today. And you find out that his like code name is shades and you're like, <gasps> yeah, well, what was interesting is because I think it was one of those, they find it strange. It doesn't look like anyone was running necessarily, like trying to get away from the gunshots. Mm. And that it's four people, and I was like, I wonder if they've ever, I mean, I'm sure they have, because this case is, like, old and it's been going on forever, but I was like, I wonder if they've looked in to see if it's multiple gunmen, but I guess they would have found different bullets. Because Mm -hmm. that's the thing, I'm just like, there's, how do you kill four people and no one's, like, running away? Yeah, they're just standing there. And in this case, with Shades, it was him and Comanche, obviously, took down these three guys, so... Oh, that was scene like, was amazing. We'll, we'll get to that yeah. in a minute. I love the scene as well where we get Misty going to the hospital to confront Cockroach. Um, and yeah. she's talking about how, you know, domestic abuse cases she worked on that would then turn to murder. You know, she'd see them cropping up when she became a homicide detective. Um, and he's just lawyering, and, lawyering up and just going, you know, it's me. I'm the victim here. And then again, Nandy and Bailey interrupt and are like, God damn it, why are you with our witness again? This isn't your case. But I particularly love it because obviously this is um, Simone Missick and her husband 
and she's just like getting really annoyed with him and he's just like I'm the victim leave me alone I just find every scene with them really funny now I know that they're married (laughs) (laughs) I love it Um, so Misty gets kicked out again for being on the wrong case and the next time we see her is when she's doing boxing in a boxing ring with a familiar looking partner who Will was spoiled on yeah. Well, yeah, that she's here, but not yeah that I was spoiled. <laughs> were you were I mean, you happy kind of, to see her? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you kind of figure they'll be popping up in the shows from time to time, but it would have been nice if it would have been a surprise. Yeah, um, true. Yeah, it was great to see her. Apparently, uh, Misty whole... will be in Iron Fist as well, so that's cool. Nice. Well, this whole scene, the the whole bar scene, I think starting from when she's she says that's the second time I've been called bitch today and that'll mm-hmm. be the last time that starting there and then through the whole fight scene that was all a trailer before the show yeah. came out yeah it's a it's yeah. a trailer for well it also could just be a trailer for Daughters of the Dragon the TV series because that's <gasps> that would what be amazing. that's what these two are in the um yeah, exactly. in the comics so I was just I, like I, I want that, that as a show. That show yeah exactly <sighs> And they're even wearing the the colors that they wear in the comics, like you know, oh, clean so and white cool. and misty and red. <gasps> if they had a yeah, show where it's just them, oh, I would watch it. I would love it yeah, so oh, much. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And I love Misty's reaction when Colleen starts talking about Chi. <laughs> She's just like, mm, whatever, yeah. you know. Um, but I love the way Colleen treats Misty as well, where she doesn't pity her, and she says she doesn't pity her. She admires her, and then she just mm-hmm. lets Misty fight her fight and doesn't interfere unless she has to. And I was like, yeah. yeah, that's absolutely the best way to do it. Yeah, I love the look on Colleen's face when, <coughs> excuse me, when Misty goes off to fight, she's just got a, got a beer, just sitting there <laughs> watching. I love the moment as well where Misty Light is punching the guy and then she goes to punch with the stump because she almost forgets yeah. the, arms that, the arm's not there anymore. That was great. Yeah. Um, also, like, the... <laughs> That whole thing, like, they are having this drunk conversation yeah. <laughs> about what would they would do with a million dollars, and Colleen is to go to a library yes, or something. Did, I'm like, what? Did we ever find Why out that you... Colleen is a book nerd? I don't remember Also, that. Colleen, just go to a library. Like, why do you need a million dollars? <laughs> You're also dating Danny Rand. Just fly wherever the fuck you want and go to whatever library you want. Just go, Danny, can I have a million dollars? And he'll go, yeah, all right, here you go. Yeah. As, as Misty calls him, he's the barefoot billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> best, best name. Best name. Yeah, I don't quite... Well, she wants to go to the British Museum. Well, then go. Like, yeah, I don't like, like just go. Like, why do you need a million back? dollars? She's going to buy every book in that yeah. <laughs> I, I, You know, it doesn't cost money to go to the British Museum, Colleen. I don't think it does, anyway. It definitely doesn't cost a million dollars. I'm with Misty. I'm like, Ford Mustang, hell yeah. That's what I would do. Yeah. And then I'd yeah. sit in it and pretend to drive because I don't actually have a driver's license. Um, but yeah, it would be awesome. So Misty and Colleen kind of drunkenly walk out of that bar and I'm just like, I, I, I want this to be a scene, please. Please. Please can this be a scene? Just them beating up Morty. It would be so good. Please. And I love that Colleen learnt swagger from borrowing Danny's iPod. <laughs> I was like, yeah, oh, she's been hilarious. listening to all of Danny's music. Oh dear. So, you, any other notes on Misty? Because that's we don't get that much of Misty in the episodes. I mean, the main bit is with her and Colleen, which is amazing. That's all I had. 
let's talk about. Do you want to talk about Bushmaster or Mariah next? Still the Bushmaster. Okay. I know this is first scene, just how colorful everything was. Oh, I'm um, like the audio visual nerd. I know um, Netflix offers HDR for this show, so if your TV mm-hmm. has HDR, everything was like really popping. Just looking great. It's such a well shot show. It's so beautiful. Yeah. I love all the colours when they're in the um, when they're in Brooklyn or when um, whenever they go to Gwen's. It's just so colourful and pretty. Yeah. Yeah. When they went looking for Nigel at that one, when he went to talk to those old guys, mm-hmm. colours are really great in that scene as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know when we first see Bushmaster. I was when he's pulling the bullets out of his chest. And then he, yeah. he walks down the street and yeah, he sees these two little gross. two little Jamaican boys playing at being Luke Cage. And he's like, I'm Luke Cage. Nah, I'm Luke Cage. Aw. So cute. And uh, and then he uh, heads to Gwen's. Um, and we get this guy. is when we see a Nancy for the first time. It's like a Nancy smells him across the road. Did you guys see that? Because the Nancy's serving these guys. And then he kind of, like, looks up and goes... It looks like he's sniffing, and then he sees Bushmaster, and I was like, did, I don't he, think I did he sniff him out? That's so weird. <laughs> so weird. Like a spider. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, his Anansi uh, powers. Uh, so, yeah, he goes into Gwen's and is uh, chatting with uh, um, Anansi about, and we get a little bit about how Bushmaster got his power, uh, he said that Nancy gave it to him, but Nancy says it comes from within. And we also learn that Gwen's is named after Bushmaster's mother. And then also I was like, mm, I want some curry goat. <laughs> Sounds really good. Um, yeah, and we also learn that he uses nightshade. Yes, he says he needs more nightshade. Um, but Nancy says the more he uses the nightshade, the more it's going to hurt him. And then this is when uh, Bushmaster sees Luke on the news doing all his Usain Bolt running. And is like Harlem me birthright. His his main line that he says all the time. Um, that and Mariah Stokes over and over. Yes, over again. Stokes, Mariah Stokes. <laughs> I love yeah, him. Between that and I never claimed to be faster than him. So he obviously needs some more nightshade. So he goes to this uh, this place. Um, called A Mother's Touch to go and get more nightshade from new character Tilda who we can talk about in a minute and gives her his list of what he wants and Tilda recognises it, that it's used for Obeya which I wondered what that was so I looked it up and Obeya is a kind of sorcery practised especially in the Caribbean which makes sense um, sometimes called Obi um, uh, but she gets the ingredients for him anyway and then he gives her extra money for getting the ingredients for him and I don't quite know what he's doing with it, but he's kind of like setting fire to it and stuff, isn't he? And like later and breathing yeah, it I, in and yeah, I put it like I said he smokes it, but not the normal way. <laughs> yeah, like through his skin. I don't know. It's like but, he's he's breathing it in, but but before that, anyway, we get him at I'm assuming a Nancy's apartment, which is a really nice apartment. And I was like, whoa. This is a great apartment, and uh, Bushmaster is in bed with two sexy ladies. Uh, two oh, cups of coffee. Yeah. yeah, his two cups of coffee. Tammy, <laughs> would you mind being one of those ladies? It's hard to say. I mean, 
Look, I I belong to Luke, so. <laughs> <laughs> but Bushmaster's got such pretty eyes. Oh, he he does. He does. <laughs> Uh, and, and some pretty sweet fighting moves. So. Oh, oh yeah, later when he's yeah, it's so awesome. Uh, we also get the thing I noticed he does a lot when he's offended is he sucks his teeth. Yeah, which is like a thing that I don't really know like where it originated, but you know it's kind of a thing where you're sort of annoyed and you suck your teeth. Like as uh, I guess it's like a kind of I don't know. Someone says something to you and you just want to be dismissive. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've known people that do that, so mm. I don't know. Um, and this is also where we get a mention that they have a spy at Harlem's Paradise. Now, who is this spy, guys? I want predictions. Well, we know by the end of the episode who the spy is, but... <laughs> but at I, this point, who did you think the spy was? I actually put, is it Nandi or Billy? Billy. Oh. Yeah, yeah. No, but I we do see Nandi at Harlem's Paradise as well. Correct, but that's that's why I thought it was one of those two. I okay. Sure. So you are correct, and you win all the prizes, Tammy. I, I was 50% correct. <laughs> <laughs> Which is okay. Uh, and then I think the next time we see Bushmaster is when he's, yeah, he's taking all the nightshade and stuff, and he's, like, breathing it in, and his his eyes are going kind of crazy. This is after... He sees Luke do this fight and uh, beat everyone. And then he, he kind of like, it sort of heals the scars on his chest as well, which is kind of crazy. And he's in a circle of fire. And this is when the Prodigy, um, the song that was used for Prodigy is playing as well. And there's that really weird effect as well, where his face kind of briefly becomes Luke's and then Mariah's. Yeah. That's so creepy. Uh, yeah, I was like, what the hell's happening? Yeah, I, I don't like that. <laughs> but I guess I in some ways, like, because he said that, what is it, Mariah owns Harlem or something, and but Luke is the heart, so mm-hmm. he needs them both. Yeah. So, like, maybe he's doing some kind of spell for both of them. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So do you think, are you kind of intrigued by this, that he's kind of more of a, almost like a supernatural villain? than, you know, like using this kind of sorcery and stuff rather than, you know, the other ones we've had before that have kind of been science-based, Yeah. you know, villains, you know, who've got their powers from science. I can't, I really like it. I like that it's going into this sort of, all this um, folklore and stuff, you know, with the obeyer and everything. I just still, th- like, I know we were talking, like, Dan and I and Josie were talking about it. Like, I don't, I just don't think he'll be the main villain because, like, they've... <laughs> Last season, like, they really made me think that uh, What's-His-Face was the main villain, and he wasn't, and he died in, like, six episodes. So, yeah, so I'm just kind of like, I don't know if he's the main villain. Like, should I get too attached to this guy, or is he going to be dead in a couple episodes? He he dies in the next episode, Tommy. Oh, okay, well, thank you. Yeah, the nightshade is too much. Nightshade is too much, and he dies. And then the new villain is uh, Billy, a.k.a. Stephanie. (laughs) <laughs> you didn't see it coming. <laughs> yeah, that I would not see that coming. You're right. <laughs> exactly. Let's talk about um, Mariah while we're talking about Billy and stuff, and we'll go through Mariah quite quick, I think, because there's a few cool things. But mainly, we want to talk about Tilda. Um, should we talk about Tilda in general, really? Because then we can. Yeah. Let's talk about her and Mariah's relationship with her, because Tilda is a character from the comics, but is not the daughter of Mariah Stokes. So they've kind of changed it to include her in this. I know um, 
Brad, who we do our other podcast with, Tammy, really, really hates Tilda because she's, you know, a holistic into her holistic medicine and everything and oh, talks about sense. and talks about, you know, like the body healing itself and all this kind of thing and it's like, yeah it's very um I don't know, granola bar hippy dippy, you know? But uh, the reason Mariah wants to meet up with her and reconnect with her anyway, um, is because her PR person tells her to because it will look good. That's typical Mariah. <laughs> I feel I, I'm interested though. I'm intrigued by her character because it's like, yeah, she's into all this like hippie herb healing, holistic whatever. But she has a medical degree, and I think she, it's like, oh, okay. So like, why do you believe this? Yeah. And her dad was a. We find out about Mariah's husband as well, Jackson. Yeah. We've never heard about before, and he was a doctor. Um, and Mariah says that. The day she found out she was pregnant with Tilda is the day that he died. So obviously, Tilda never knew about her dad, um, but she thinks she got like, um, you know, her medical skills from him. And she says, you know, she even when she's playing the piano, she says, oh, maybe she got that from her dad. And Mariah's like, no, those hands are pure Stokes. You know, yeah. kind of saying, you know, it's from the, the, you know, Cornell side of the family. So obviously, Cottonmouth was very musical as well. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and I just think like maybe her being into herbs and all that stuff. Well, one, obviously in the Marvel universe that means something because Bushmaster <laughs> uses it. And so it's real there in the Marvel universe. And two, it could be her way of kind of like rebelling against what her mom wanted her to do. Yeah. Yeah. So cuz yeah, she's a doctor and stuff and her mom, I mean, Mariah like thinks it's a waste of time. With what she's yeah. doing with her degree and everything, but you know, yep. I do. I I I really hate the name of the shop, a mother's touch. It's like, <laughs> it's it's just such a wishy washy name for a shop, don't you think? Yeah. I'm gonna go and shop in mother's touch. Meh. Yeah, like I wouldn't. I wouldn't tell anybody I'm going there. <laughs> no. I like the. I really like the set for the inside of the shop. I think it looks beautiful. But yeah, it's just called a mother's touch, and like she says, it's because there's um, there's been uh, you know studies that show that mothers can heal their kids through touch, and I was like, mm, okay, fair enough, <laughs> whatever. She did say if mother. they care. Yeah, if they <laughs> care, <laughs> exactly. Um, I like that Tilda is still kind of very suspicious of Mariah, even though she sort of goes along with everything. I don't like the fact that she calls her mummy. Yeah. Like, that like was... how old are you meant to be, like, Tilda? Mummy. Well, she doesn't really, I don't know. She doesn't really have many. She seems like they weren't close, so she's probably still kind of, you know, in that little girl stage with her mom. I don't know. <laughs> I just find it so I think strange. I say mama. I just say mom. I say mom. Yeah. Um, yeah, I... So she's named, like, her middle name is Maybelline, like yeah, Mama Maybelline. Yeah, she's Mabel. Matilda Maybelline Dillard. Yeah. Dr. Matilda Maybelline um, Dillard. And the last time they really were together was when she was, like, 10 or something. She so said, like, like, the last time she ate at Harlem's Paradise, or the last time oh. she was at Harlem's Paradise when she was 10, I think they haven't been seen in public together for 12 years. I think that's what they said. It just seems like she hasn't, like... Uh, Mariah hasn't spoken to her in like forever mm -hmm. and I'm just like wow okay so where's she been like didn't seem like that far away 
And also, it's kind of weird that it's like she's just when Mariah needs her, she's it, oh, it so happens she's opened a shop in the neighborhood. What yeah. a coincidence! <laughs> you know, maybe it is a coincidence, maybe it's not. You'll have to wait and see, guys. And even though obviously. Bushmaster is obviously buying stuff to be used in this sorcery. She still gives him the ingredients, which I find yep. weird. Even though she's giving stuff away, she's obviously got a good, a good heart because she's giving the, her first customer this stuff for free. You know, just to try and help help heal her. So I guess maybe she's just hoping that whatever Bushmaster is doing is going to be beneficial. I mean, but what is she going to do? Not give him the stuff? It seemed like he knew what all of that stuff was, and the guy yeah, was true. bleeding through his shirt. I'm, oh yeah, true. I, I forgot. I'm that. guessing like he he seems very like intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> I'd just be like, okay, here are your things. See you bye. <laughs> Maybe she was just entranced by his pretty eyes. She was like, oh, you're so oh. pretty. Um, let's talk a little bit about as well about Shades and Mariah, their relationship, and Comanche because Comanche and Mariah do not get on. But no. um, like Shades again, talking about anger issues with Luke. If someone insults Mariah, you can't be going shooting them in the head, Shades. <laughs> because a lot of people talk bad about Mariah. Yeah, I mean, he does call her a dog, though. Yeah, which is <laughs> yeah, it's harsh. Yeah, but uh, uh, but she, I found it weird. So Mariah was drinking at like the very first scene they're in together, mm-hmm. and Shades tells her to like not drink. Like he kind of is. <laughs> Monitoring, monitoring like her alcohol intake, like almost like she's drinking too much, mm-hmm. and she should think about stopping. Well, she and started drinking more after she killed Cottonmouth, didn't she? Yeah, for sure. In, for se- sure. in season one, but, yeah. But I just found that odd because I do. I mean, the the reason I don't like, like, I like their relationship in season one, and this season they seem more like mother son, so it's a little disturbing. Yeah. And so for him to, like, tell her not to drink, I was like, what are you doing? You can't, like, stop that. <laughs> and everyone wrong. else kind of questions their relationship as well. You know, like, Comanche yeah. is always questioning it. You know, like, what does she have over Shades? Like, that he would shoot Arturo just for insulting Mariah. Yeah. And I, I love the um, moment as well, a little Comanche moment, where he says, you know, he wishes that... Um, they, they were chosen in the prison to have the experiments because then they would have the bulletproof skin. I like that, like going back to it, because it's like, yeah, they could have been just as easily oh, been chosen. Sure. You know, bulletproof oh. Comanche. Um, I like the moment where uh, Mariah is having dinner with Tilda and I think they look up and Shades is just sneaking around oh, in the corner. Oh, my God, I <laughs> laughed so hard. <laughs> I thought you would like that. <laughs> oh, so good. He's such a... My note for that was Shades is such a creep and I live for it. It yeah. is so I love, good. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> He's such a fucking creep. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But I can, it's with this actor, I can never tell if he's a really good actor or he's not a good actor at all. And I still I don't know. know. <laughs> and I watch every episode and I haven't seen him in enough stuff. Um, to be able to tell. I saw him in seven seasons of Sons of Anarchy, and I still not sure about <laughs> this that question. I, yeah, I still don't know. I like watch him, and I'm like, like is he really good? It, it just someone I do not want to meet in real life because he's such a fucking creep that I'm just like, I don't. Know. And he's a close talker, and he's mm-hmm. just like, oh, I just can't. <laughs> yeah. 
shades you too much. Although there's this thing where she like licks her finger and like yeah. takes something off of his lip, and I'm like. Again, it's this whole mother-son thing that's just like, oh, no. It's this very is, incestuous. Nope. <laughs> it's creepy as anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I love that she hates Comanche, and Comanche hates her. You know, it's like, yep. he's like, you're take, you know, you're taking my best friend's time away from me. You know, it's oh, kind of funny. Gosh. And also, he points out to Shades when um, Tilda, you know, sits with... Uh, Mariah at the top of Hel- um, mm-hmm. Harlem's Paradise, and he's like, "Yeah, she took your place." He's <laughs> like, "I'm sure he knows." Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, we also didn't talk about Bushmaster decapitating Nigel and putting the head in a bag. <laughs> <laughs> so gross. That's kind of dark. Yeah. Uh, any notes on anyone else? Because I think otherwise, I think that's kind of it. Yeah. It's kind of a lot to discuss because we're getting all the new characters coming in as well at this point. Um, yeah. Okay. I have anything else I don't think so well in that case would you like some easter eggs guys yes please yes. okay so we had um, uh, the lawyer Ben Donovan in these episodes and we've seen him before because he is Wilson Fisk's lawyer in Daredevil uh, okay. so he represents all the best people uh, all the greatest people in New York uh, Misty at one point is referred to as the department's private Ryan nothing can happen to her I kind of like that yeah I thought that was funny um, in the first scene, that is really the New York Jets coach, Todd Bowles, yeah. cameoing as himself. Uh, Luke runs 3.72 40-yard dash, and that is a full half second faster than the record. Uh, Tilda Johnson, as she is in the comics, is the comic book villain Nightshade. So that's the mention of Nightshade. Um, wow. Nightshade first appeared in Captain America number... 164, I think, in 1972. So she's a villain in the comics, and she has an awesome outfit, um, which I will uh, share with you guys in a future episode. Um, Gary Clark Jr., who uh, uh, performed in these episodes, also performed the version of The Beatles Come Together in the trailers for Justice League, before Justice League came out, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, Raymond Piranha Jones... Uh, so his name's Raymond Jones, known as Piranha. First appeared in Power Man, issue number 30, in 1976. But in the comics, he has sharpened teeth like knives. Oh, my God. Which is kind of hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, and D.W. Uh, wears a T-shirt at one point that says, Hell Up in Harlem, the battle for Lennox Avenue. And it shows uh, Cottonmouth and Luke Cage on it. And it's the battle that they had in season one on Lennox Avenue. So that's pretty cool. And then lastly, I have some info about um, Mustafa Shakir, who plays Bushmaster, um, because I was doing a little bit of research on him, and I found out a cool fact, which I thought you guys might be interested to know, which is that he auditioned to play M'Baku in the Black Panther movie. Oh! A.K.A. the best character. Yes. (laughs) My favourite. So that would have been cool. Um, but I found also this website uh, called Celeb Celeborenda, something like that, .com. And it has a little bit about him. And I believe this was written in uh, a different language and then has been through being translated a few times or something. Because it's, kind of, it's kind of interesting the way it sounds. But I just thought I'd read you this because it made me laugh. Uh, so it's a little bit about him, how he looks. Okay, ready? 
<clears throat> Mustafa Shakir is a world, well-billed and hunk kind of personality, man. He looks bold and has a look of strength and intensity in him. He adapts to the role. He has good and bold appearances. Mustafa Shakir height is also very good and up to the mark. His weight is also <laughs> his weight is also just accurate. <laughs> he, has, he has a well-built body with great biceps. Overall, he has a commendable strong appearance. I just like that his weight is also just accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I like how his, his look is just bold. <laughs> exactly. just bold. I like he has a hunk kind of personality, man. <laughs> 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 I don't know who wrote that, but I love it. It's great. Um, yeah. And it also talks about a show that he did, and it says that um, it had an efficient response from the audience. What does that mean? <laughs> an efficient response. Doesn't say if it's good or bad. Yeah, but I just love that that um that and also saying that his height is up to the mark. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so that is your Easter eggs for this week, guys. I hope you're nice and full. Yummy yum yum yum. 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 Uh, one thing I noticed is that they seem like they were mentioning Nike like every five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. Like how much sure they're sponsored or something, I don't know. Bobby's trying to get him a deal with Nike. Um, yeah, they must have sponsored it or something because they're just talking about them. They don't really talk about any other sponsors, you know. Like they don't go, oh, we've got Nike and we've got Reebok, and they're all fighting, and you know, it's just Nike. Um, so, should we do some quotes, guys? Yes. Tammy Tams, you can go first. Oh, okay. Hold on. A second. <laughs> um, Otherwise, oh, I can go if, first. Oh, go on, you go first. If you find him, I hope you beat his ass. You have a blessed day. <laughs> you have a blessed day. <laughs> Uh, Will. Uh, want some coffee? <laughs> <laughs> Will, not enough of what you would say to Mike Coulter if you met him. <laughs> Here's one that you might relate to, actually, um, which I like, that's Reverend Lucas, where he says, I came in for a shape-up. You know how hard it is to maintain a baldy? Yeah, I wrote that one down. <laughs> <laughs> is that true, Will? It's so hard. <laughs> uh... Sorry, I don't look down before I flush. That's so yeah, harsh. Jeez, Misty. I got one that Luke says, which is someone says, I think it's Claire, says, Where are you going? And he's like, To Fumigate. Because <laughs> he's going <laughs> after the cockroach. That's cheese. I love it. Uh, oh, I've got one as well, which is Bushmaster. Um, after he buys the stuff from Tilda, he goes, Migon. <laughs> <laughs> and in the, I think in the subtitles it says I am gone, <laughs> me gone I want to yeah, say that whenever I, I leave a room me gone <laughs> me gone. I think it was Mariah Piranha, get your tight ass in here <laughs> yeah I got a, with Bushmaster him vex me because he exists yeah. <laughs> I love like all the Jamaican slang in this like, oh, yeah. I love it so oh, much cool. So I also like when he says, you want to talk about a yard with a yardie? And I was like, yes, I love the yardie so much. I have one of Luke talking to the old Jamaican men, which is, excuse me, I hate to interrupt your game. Then don't. And then they go. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, it's like the two old men Muppets. Like <laughs> they remind all these guys reminded me of. <laughs> I got another one as well, which is... is... Oh, go on, sorry. I was just saying, they don't care who he is. They're just nope. <laughs> playing their card game. 
I've got one between Misty and Colleen, which is, well, your dick is bigger than mine. You're goddamn right it is. <laughs> I was like, yay. <laughs> uh, let's see if I, got I don't remember him oh, saying about like, joy one. ain't free. Oh, yeah. That was great. I have one which is Bushmaster doing puns, which is where um, Luke says, I'm looking for Nigel. And Bushmaster says, him gone, headed elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got to talk about the worst the worst one, the worst line in the entire episodes, which is Shades, where he brings Mariah the money and then he says, Jamaican me crazy, baby. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shades, that was terrible. Oh dear. Right. Anyway, now it is time to rate these episodes. So, Tamalama Ding Dong, what do you want to rate these episodes? Uh, sure. Let's see. Uh, so for the episode two, um, it, it was fine. It was an okay episode. I think it moved a little bit slow. Um, but there was a lot of new people that they had to introduce, so I think that's why. So I gave that episode seven and a half out of ten blessed days. <laughs> and then um, this last episode I loved. It was great. Uh, I love being angry at Luke. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a, it was painful to watch, but it was well worth it. It was so good. Um, and I love Co- Colleen and Misty together. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, so I just, I really, really like this uh, episode three. So I, I, I'm giving it nine out of ten barefoot billionaires. <laughs> so gross. Just a thought. Ugh. Nice. So, uh, Will, what do you give uh, these episodes? Uh, yeah, I liked them both. But, yeah, I agree that uh, the second was better than the first. Mostly on the misty colleen scenes and i think it just moved faster i'll give the first one um seven and a half out of ten unanswered offers of coffee and (laughs) second one i'll give eight and a half out of ten um bigger dicks (laughs) (laughs) awesome Uh, yeah I totally agree with you guys I think uh, the second episode is a lot stronger Um, I liked episode 2 but it felt quite kind of uh, standard I don't know I'm enjoying the show Uh, loving Bushmaster Um, I'll give it a 7 out of 10 Uh, I don't even know what happened in that one Misty versus cockroaches. I don't know. Domestics. Yeah. Missic domestics, because they're the missics. I don't know. Uh, I don't know which episode that happened in. Um, And episode three, I loved. Um, I thought it was really great. I particularly Misty and Colleen. I love them. Uh, Intrigued by the introduction of Tilda. Um, Shade saying Jamaican me crazy baby was the most ridiculous thing ever, and I loved it. (laughs) Um, so I'm going to give that one 8.5 out of 10 misty stump punches Um, so episode 2 gets an average of 7.3 out of 10 and episode 3 will get about an 8.7 out of 10 that's the highest of the season so far out of all 3 episodes it was really good it's not my favourite episode of the season yet. Mm. You have to wait and see for that. 
Uh, right, so we have some feedback this week. Uh, can I send you guys an email? Yes. So, Tammy. No, actually, Will. Okay. Will, okay. would you be able to be Sedna for the week? Yes, I can be Sedna. Wait, I was Tammy, but I'll be Sedna. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, switching over. I'm gonna, you have to switch. You have many identities. I will say good luck with this email, Will. <laughs> <laughs> this is from the lovely, fabulous Sedna, and it starts... What Guan, me brethren? <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my best. Sitting now, I'm a little sick. Um, oh. Um, oh, okay. What <laughs> Guan, me brethren? Due to circumstances, I'm only four and a bit apps in so far, but OMFG, this is awesome stuff. I'm really loving how finally Matt and the and the others are mentioned by name. Yay, yay. And I just refer to cryptically. Redressing something sadly lacking from Punisher and Jessica Jones season two. How disappointing do they seem in comparison, though? I love how they handle Misty's recovery. I can't believe so many cops are being an asshole to her, though. And Colleen's role in that is fucking great. How fucking awesome is the bar fight scene? Oh, so good. The Jamaicanness is adding a fresh element. I feel African Caribbean culture is far less prominent in the U.S. than the U.K., or maybe it's just having been alive in the 70s and living in South London. <laughs> it's so great to hear... I don't know how you say it. Patois? Patois, maybe. I think so. Done pretty accurately to my ears. In a spoilery interview with Mustafa Shakir, he mentions watching the brilliant The Harder They Come over and over. By the way, check him out in The Deuce for some ridiculous 70s pimp fashion. Oh, yeah. Those are... Some awesome classic reggae on the soundtrack, and it seems appropriate that his power comes from Magical Herb. <laughs> what is the deuce? I think I've seen some of the deuce. I haven't seen any of it. Shady Mariah is creepy as fuck, and I love it. Shay still has the lurk, <laughs> and Mariah is spectacular. <laughs> Looking forward to seeing how Tilda fits into everything, though it's alarming how much she looks like. Brit actor Catherine Drysdale from certain angles. I don't know who that is. I'm gonna have to finally Claire. <laughs> finally Claire realizes a double standard in encouraging Luke to do what she couldn't handle Matt doing. The argument brought out some uncomfortable truths, but even though he's probably heading down a dark path, I'm with Luke all the way. Ooh. It, it's impossible for her to experience racism the same way he does. Not that her own experience is invalid. And I'm convinced she is playing with fire by meeting with his creepy and possibly evil Pastor Papa. <laughs> I don't think he's creepy. Um, Megan, Ligamore, <laughs> Russ, Lord, Setna. I'm Russ, pretty sure Russ I butchered Glad? that. <laughs> I don't know how you say it. I think they said that word on the show. Yeah, I think Bushmaster said Russ Clark. <laughs> I wonder what that means. I'm going to have to look it up. Uh, thank you, Sedna, as always. We love your feedback. Sedna sent us uh, feedback for next week as well. And also, you know, Sedna, you're going to have to come on the podcast one of these days. Yeah, and I, I would I would uh, ca- not counter, just say that, yes, I agree. Claire cannot understand Luke's position mm-hmm. or what he's feeling. But he can't Same understand hers. He cannot understand hers. And he basically 
didn't even know. Mm-hmm. He he had no clue about what she's went through, and that shows how much that relationship between the two of them is all about Luke and has nothing to do with her. And that just makes him even more narcissistic, more all about himself, and more reason she needs to tell him to get out. Mm. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. He is the hero of the, the show, but yeah, I'm on he, Claire's he side is, for this, but, which is very rare you know, for me. <laughs> Yeah, but and I I agree. I mean, we don't need to know all of her backstory, but when she's explaining things to him, it's like he's hearing shit for the first time. And I'm and like, how meant to be in a relationship. have you been in a yeah. yeah living together? Yeah, like how do you not know that she's been through domestic abuse before? How do you not know that she's had racism in her life, not from the outside, but from you know internally from her family? Like, mm-hmm. how do you not know these things? Yeah, it just it just it kind of like opened my eyes a bit to like what she's having to kind of live with. Yeah, it definitely opened. Yeah, it opened the character up a lot more, which I enjoyed oh, seeing because yeah, yeah. I feel like we, like I said, we don't get anything of this character before. Um, in other news from uh, from Sedna's email, Russ Clatt is not something I will be shouting at people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like me gone. Um, because I've just looked it up and it says it is a deeply offensive and derogatory term used in Jamaican English and since the 1950s in the UK. I've never heard it before, though. Literally, it means arse cloth, i.e. a sanitary towel. It is synonymous with the equally negative blood clot, blood cloth. In both cases, the terms can be used as an insult or an exclamation. Why would you say, like, the equivalent of sanitary towel as an exclamation? Someone says something and you're surprised. You're like, oh, sanitary towel. (laughs) (laughs) No, I like the way you say it, Claire. Oh, sanitary towel. Oh, sanitary towel. So, Ras means bum and clut means cloth. So, there we go. I can't remember when he said it, though. I think he said it as an insult in the episode. But I can't remember, like, what it was. Um, Tammy, I have sent you an email from Wu. Would you be able to read that, please? Oh, you have? Yeah, is that all right? Yeah. It's not um, that long. I have... uh, I, I'm going to send Sorry, I'm going to send it to you now. Oh, okay. There you go. I'm like, lying uh, that I sent I it already. It. Yeah. All right. I was telling Fibs. Switch uh, keyboards here. Hold on. Oh, it went away. <laughs> <laughs> come back. Come back. Nope, that's that nuts. <laughs> it starts Dear Defenders all right. Podcast. Got it. Okay. Dear Defenders Podcast. Before I begin, I want to say thank you to the late Steve Ditko, whom we lost this week, co-creator of Spider-Man and one of the original Marvel comic defenders, Doctor Strange. Mr. Ditko, <laughs> Mr. Ditko's art still holds up. Please go to Marvel Unlimited if you, you can and see his l- Doctor Strange work. It's unbelievable. I like that much like the MCU films, after a big team-up, film one can see the aftermath that a big battle can have on characters. The writers are not being subtle about the fact that Claire Temple and Luke Cage's relationship isn't going to work. And I know some, I know something people listening to my words are, are thinking, duh, but sometimes obvious things need to be stated. I like how Power Man is pretty much going through the same thing Iron Man went through after the 2012 Avengers film. Luke, even though he isn't aware of it fully, he is buying into his own press, just like Tony Stark did in Iron Man 3 and Age of Ultron. To be fair, this could happen to anyone, but I like how the how the writers this season are going even deeper in some aspects of what 
what was discussed in Black Panther, and both Luke and Bushmaster, which still sounds like a 1970s <laughs> porn star name. I'm sorry. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, have Eric Killmonger's outlook and a sense of what should be done when the world has wronged you. Some highlights from me in both episodes is Misty basically telling everyone in her office to get over the fact that she doesn't have her right arm any longer. When people first meet me, a lot of people act the same way around me because I'm in a wheelchair. Another highlight was Colleen and Misty's whooping ass always makes me happy to see women teaming up and throwing down. Notice I said women and not ladies because I've seen ladies fight and it doesn't look like the bar scene. (laughs) (laughs) Peggy Carter would have been proud. Hell yeah. Yep. Lastly, an observation I think some concur with me on. Shades looked cooler when he had less hair. (laughs) Thanks, everyone. Woo. (laughs) Thanks, woo. I don't remember what he looked like. We'll have to do a hair comparison. Yeah. I think we can all say Luke looks cooler when he has less hair than when he had his his prison afro. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Peggy Carter would be proud. Um, Tammy, I've also sent you a voicemail. Are you all right to play that? Hi, guys. Moira, sorry I couldn't record with you today. Um, happy to have the series back, though, I must say. Quite enjoyed first episode. Sorry I didn't get your feedback on that one. But anyway, here are my thoughts on episode two and then three. So for two, um, the Mariah and Shades relationship. Um, <laughs> I find it really kind of grotty and creepy. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's just because there's an age difference. I don't really care about that. I think it's because uh, it's as if he taps into her dark side and feeds off that. And so it's just like like evil begetting more evil. You know what I mean? It's, it's, It's as if the whole thing is just based in something sinister and creepy and power hungry. And that's why it just makes me get the heebie-jeebies. Um, but having said that, I do think it seems like it's genuine on both sides. Like, we know he's genuinely offended if somebody says something negative about her. Um, he already proved that in episode one. And she seems to really rely on him. There's that one scene, I don't remember actually if it's in episode two or three, it doesn't matter, where they're embracing and she's like, you know, you you get me. You're the only one I trust, I think. She says something like mm-hmm. that. So I think... As creepy as it makes me feel, it sort of seems genuine, at least in episode two. Um, The scene with Luke and the shoulder dislocation, all that stuff. Listen, I'm sorry he hit her shoulder. That's really painful. It sucks. Uh, But, you know, it was a lovely opportunity to have Mike Coulter with no shirt on for a bit. And so I don't object to it. I also don't believe for a minute, by the way, that Claire could have just popped it back in quite that easily. I'm just saying it takes a whole lot more effort than that to put a shoulder back in. Um, Unless, of course, to be fair, unless it is recurrently dislocating. It happens all the time, in which case, uh, you know, I've had some of my patients literally just move their arm funny and it pops back in. So maybe, maybe. But anyway, the short off thing. Yeah, no, not objecting to that whatsoever, because as Claire would say, you know, he is a very, very... Very handsome man. Very handsome man. Very delicious. Now, the next thing I'm going to say, I know it's not going to go over well with you guys because you hate Claire so much. But here's the thing. A couple of thoughts. One, um, I think the actress is looking really good Mm -hmm. in this 
in this season so far. She usually, in the past anyway, looks so much more haggard and tired all the time. And there are some scenes here where I just think she looks really fabulous, really gorgeous. And I don't know why that should make me so happy, but <laughs> but it just does. I just think it does her credit that she's she's actually quite attractive. And anyway, they're finally showing that. But the other thing, you might agree with that part, but the part you won't like is, because I know how much you just want her gone. And clearly by the end of episode three, it looks like she is going to be gone. But <laughs> Which, like, yay. I mean, I know Tammy and Tammy and Claire are going, yay, doing half that. <laughs> uh, but I have to say, to be fair to the character and the actress, um, you know, Claire, to me, does have her heart in the right place when it comes to Luke. She cares about him. She genuinely does. I, I just think that they've made her be the voice of morality here, and that's why you find her so annoying. And I'm not so sure that's her acting. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, I think mm-hmm. it's just the role they handed her, and it can oh, yeah, be a bit sure. annoying if, you know, this this person is always sort of the goody-goody voice of what you want yeah. to do. Um, but to be fair to her, when we learn that she came from a home where there was violence mm-hmm. in the home, um, you know, that scene in episode three where she says to him, like, you know, I grew up with this, and I... I can't. I just can't do this. Then my heart just totally went out to her. Yep. And that made me empathize a whole lot with where she's coming from. So I don't know how you felt about that, but um, that part I thought, you know, you'd be hard-pressed. You have to be a little bit inhuman not to see things from her point of view at that point. As far as, though, him going out there and, as uh, his dad would say, feeding the wrong wolf, I, mean, I think that's true. He is feeding the wrong wolf, and they're just utilizing the character of Claire to illustrate to that, to, to kind of drum it into our heads if we didn't get it already. So, yeah, you may find it annoying, but I, I think it's just the function that they gave to her character. Um, anyway, and I, I still quite uh, like Rosario Dawson, the actress. Uh, but it's okay. We don't we don't have to agree. <laughs> We do the oh, wait, turning to our we new agree. big dad. He's an intimidating guy, isn't he? And when he comes into uh, uh, Tilda's shop, um, that scene is—he's just—he's very creepy. He makes—he makes her, for obvious reasons, feel completely unsettled. Don't blame her a bit. I looked up Obeya because I wanted to know what the heck that was, um, and it turns out that Jamaica—it's sort of Jamaican's version of Haitian voodoo. It's what they call it. So all of these sort of um, spiritual beliefs and healing arts, but then they're blended into that is this bit of black magic that's going on, and uh, that's the sinister side. Um, of course, it's not. <laughs> it's not the way they're depicting it. You know, I just love the uh, the suspension of belief, disbelief. Um, I'm pretty sure there's no form of voodoo or obeya where you can have bullets. You know not really penetrate your skin, but hey, I am willing to believe for the sake of the Luke <laughs> H series. I'm, I'm fine with that. Anyway, he is a, he's a pretty creepy uh, big bad so far, so I'm not minding him at all. Uh, there's a scene, I think at the end of episode two, right after Tilda shows up at uh, um, Mariah's nightclub and uh, ousts shades out of his prime spot and his sidekick says something like, uh, oh, what is it? Oh, yeah. Baby girl just took your slot, son. That's the line. For some reason, I got this horrid little foreshadowing sense. Oh, my God, is Tilda going to die some Ooh. way, shape, or form? Uh-uh. I think. I don't know. We'll see if that comes down. to pass. But that's my prediction. I think Tilda's going to die, which would be amazing. I mean, in a horrible way. <laughs> uh, but we'll see. Yeah, 
because obviously, no, I have not watched past episode three. Um, and my final <laughs> point was uh, about Colleen showing up. And you know what? Colleen without Danny around is just mm-hmm. Danny. I really <laughs> enjoy her. I really like her. I like her interaction with Misty. Um, because she's right. There's no, it's not pity at all. There is gratitude. And she knows that the Misty of old is still in there. And she wants to wake that back up. And I just love the scene where they're in the bar together. And they just, you know, clean the clocks of all those ridiculous predatory men uh, in there. So, yeah, Colleen with Misty. That's all good. That's all good by my books. All right. Those are my thoughts. Can't wait to hear what you guys think. Sorry this is so long. But, hey, I was supposed to be there. So I figure mm-hmm. I'm allowed Anyway, uh, check you out next time, and take care till then. Bye. <laughs> Thank you, Moira. I love that Moira's so worried that we won't agree with her on uh, Claire, and we pretty much all totally agree with her. Yeah. Uh, also, I should say I as well, Moira... Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Uh, I will say as well, Moira is not the, uh, the guest that we were calling out earlier. <laughs> That was the other guest, so I don't want to think that we were throwing shade at Moira because she couldn't make it. We didn't put our sunglasses and throw shade at Moira. We didn't throw shade at Comanche. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Moira has shade repellent, so we can't throw shade at her. Exactly. Exactly. Um, awesome. Thank you for the feedback, guys. It's so nice hearing from you, you guys. We love it when you send us feedback. Um, so that is the end of this week. Do you guys want to hear about what we're doing next week? Yes. Okay, next week is episode four, I Get Physical. As footage of his fight with Bushmaster goes viral, Luke struggles with the after effects and follows a trail of clues to Tilda's shop. And episode five is all sold out. Desperate to drum up quick cash for a lawsuit, Luke weighs up an offer from a superfan named Tammy. <laughs> I didn't add that, I swear. Uh, Mariah invites mm-hmm. Tilda to join the new family business. Any predictions, guys? I think Tilda's going to be the big bad. You think Tilda's going to be the big bad? Yeah, why not? <laughs> I'm going to be opposite of Moira. <laughs> She's not going to die. She's going to be the big bad. <laughs> How's she going to be the big bad? Taking out Bushmaster. Yeah. Well, she's a yeah. villain in the comics. Well, then there you go. <laughs> but for her to be a villain to take out Bushmaster, then Bushmaster's a goodie? No, because <laughs> Mariah was bad and she took out Cottonmouth. Oh, but he was just he was just misunderstood. He, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> exactly. <Poor> Cottonmouth. <laughs> mm, okay, we'll see what happens next week. Same time, same place. I mean, I would love place. Bushmaster to stick around because he's I love Super him. Interesting, though. Yeah. I love all the Jamaicans. Oh, I love them so much. Yeah, it's and so I great. love all the reggae we're getting this season. So <sighs> even if it's that's my only concern is like if he gets taken down, do we lose reggae music? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the death of reggae. <laughs> There's a. I will say, minor spoilers. There are some music acts that I think you guys will really like this season. I won't spoil anything. I don't know if that's a, I'm like, I don't know if that's a spoiler. I'm, I kind of guarantee that i'm sure <laughs> there's one i think you will be happy with tammy um i think yeah but i think the music's the music's really good this season um like again you know and um i've got the i've got the digital soundtrack already and it's lots of like really short tracks 
because oh. the soundtracks, the Luke Cage soundtracks always tend to be, you know, I think the soundtrack's got something like 50 tracks on it, but some of them are like, oh, you know, yeah, 20 yeah. seconds long. Yeah. Oh, but it's such a good soundtrack. So good. Mm-hmm. I love the music. I'll try and stay away, though, so I don't spoil myself on the music. <laughs> uh, I don't know if there's... May, um, I don't know if there's major spoilers, but yeah, stay away from it until later. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Just in case. Cool. Um, well, we don't have a guest, so Excelsior. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Good job, Claire. Yeah, that was my my attempt. <laughs> I haven't had to do it for a while. <laughs> All right. See you guys next week. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening. You can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash defenderspodcast or on Twitter at defenderspod. Defenders Podcast is created under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported International License. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it. You can't change it, and you have to link back to us and our site. Excelsior!